Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on the college and pro football cards this weekend. And what a weekend it is we have on tap. It all starts this weekend with the College Football Conference Championship Games and then moves over to the National Football League side of things where the playoff positioning is getting hot and heavy with each passing week. With that, I'm going to welcome in our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, what was your take on the college football rivalry week last week, and what do you see happening perhaps in store for college football this week? Well, you know, the turkey weekend is always a hectic one. Of course, the family time, fantastic. The food, fantastic. And we even uh, we started off pretty well. We had, a, let's see here, 1-0 Thursday with the Saints-Bills under the total winner. That was pretty easy. Uh, followed it up on Friday with the under winner in college football, South Florida, Central Florida, under the total. That game went, ended up going under like by 38 points. But not so good over the weekend on Saturday and on Sunday. Although uh, we did clean things up a little bit on Sunday. Um, we did eventually end up winning our NFL over of the week. It was down here in South Florida. The Dolphins and the Panthers game over 41 and a half. And uh, I don't know how we got there. With Cam Newton, what, 5 for 21 passing? And uh, <laughs> Carolina, less than uh, 200 total yards on offense. Uh, Lady Luck probably certainly had a hand in that particular one, but uh, we'll take the win, that's for sure. Well, my weekend started off real well, as yours did, Victor, on Thursday. It started off for me with some salad and turkey and dressing and a real good meal, and it progressed onto the family room where I got to watch the National Football League three times throughout the course of the day. That's nothing any NFL fan could ask for more than that, a good meal and some good football. And college football was pretty good for us overall over the weekend. But then the National Football League ended up being, for me, for yours truly, and our customers, the worst week we've had in the NFL this weekend. We went winless. We took we, we, we bit the bullet. We were 0-3 in our NFL selection plays this past weekend. And it was topped with the Cleveland Browns as our featured game. And we'll talk a little bit about more about them and that game in particular. But I do know this, that when I do hit come off of a bad weekend, whether it's National Football League or college football, I'll always go back and look at what we did, what we did wrong, and what we could probably learn from it and not try to make the same mistake again. And in doing so, you always, when you're handicapping, you've got a list of teams or games that you're, are qualifiers, that games you're really looking deeply at. Some of them, a lot of them, obviously, you leave at home on the kitchen table. And there's usually a crying towel because you have a bad weekend and a lot of the games you left at home won and you, you just couldn't pull the rabbit out of the hat. This weekend in the National Football League, we took an 0-3, and I had three other games that I was really, really strongly looking at, and they went 0-3. I was not destined to win in the National Football League on Sunday. <laughs> it was just that sort of a weekend for me in the National Football League. But, hey, 
you know, you, you don't win every battle. You try to win the war, and that's what we're trying to do here on the show, Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And with that, Victor, let's get into what we're looking at for the college and pro football cards this weekend. We, we're in our penultimate week for the college football playoff rankings this past week. One more week to go before we determine who the final four teams will be in the college football playoff. And anything that happened this particular week, Victor, as opposed to what will happen in the final week, that you either caught your eye or you thought was a bit surprising? Well, you know, Michigan jumped three spots from five all the way to two with that convincing win over Ohio State Uh and they beat the Buckeyes the old-fashioned way, the, the old Woody Hayes way, huh? Three yards in the ground of dust, yep. control a line of scrimmage, running the ball like uh, nobody's business. A tremendous win for Michigan. Oklahoma State also moved up two spots from number seven to five with their Saturday night win against Oklahoma. Uh, not much in the way of surprises there. Uh, Kentucky and Louisiana enter the rankings uh, as previously unranked teams with Wisconsin falling out because of a loss and also Texas-San Antonio dropping from number 11 all the way out of the uh, rankings as well. So, you know, not much in the way of what happened last weekend. I'll tell you what was surprising, though, were some of the big coaching moves over the weekend. That's for sure. Yeah, it's unbelievable the coaching moves that happened over the weekend here. And it leaves uh, speculation of what would happen to Notre Dame, Victor, if perhaps some of the teams ahead of them fell and Notre Dame were to move up to maybe the four slot in the college football rankings Got to ask you this question. Do you think the playoff committee would strongly consider them with the coaching upheaval that just happened this weekend with Brian Kelly going to LSU, Lincoln Riley to Southern Cal? Would they look strong and hard at Notre Dame, or would that be, in their mind, a reason to let the Irish out of the college football playoff? I think they might tend to leave him out of that uh, particular picture now. Uh, it's for sure that he will not be coaching the Notre Dame bowl game, whatever it is going to be, it's probably going to be coached up by a group of assistants, some of whom might actually be joining him at LSU as well. So I would think that that would uh, actually not be a good sign for the Fighting Irish. I, th- I agree 100% with you. And so I think the Irish fans will be watching Notre Dame play in a bowl game, but it will not be in the college football playoff bowl game. Just an interesting note I want to pass on to our listeners here. As we've got our College Conference Championship Playbook newsletter prepared this week, and there's a lot of great information inside of that, comes from the well-oiled machine. What I did this week is I put in the midweek alert, that's our statistical newsletter, we incorporated the list of championship game common opponents for every team playing in their conference championship game this weekend and how they fared against fellow common opponents. It's really rather eye-opening, and uh, we're going to hit on one of them when we get to our featured college football game of the week uh, coming up here in just a moment or so. But if you do yourself a favor, if uh, if you believe in statistics or you, if you enjoy statistics, you'll love what we put together here with our common opponent uh, listing of every college football conference championship game inside the midweek alert newsletter this week at playbooksports.com. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And, Victor, let's switch it over to the National Football League side of things, where, as I mentioned uh, in our opening here, the Cleveland Browns provided a disappearing act, if you will, in their big showdown game against Baltimore Sunday night. And, you know, obviously when you use a play like that and it doesn't work out and you want to start pointing fingers and blaming the team and not blaming your handicap and so forth and whatnot, but – 
I saw an offense that literally completely disappeared in the Cleveland Browns offense. And it was head-scratching to watch the league's top-ranked rushing offense muster up 11 carries and 27 yards outside the tackles in that football game. They brought Kareem, Kareem Hunt back. They had Nick Chubb, their powerful one-two tandem. They had led the league in in the category of rushing yards outside the tackles. They had averaged 140 over 140 yards a game. They mustered up 27 yards. I don't know what's going on with the Cleveland Browns. I don't know. It's not all Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's certainly not helping the cause. But they have a week off to get things right, and uh, if they don't get things right right out of the gate, it will be a truly disappointing football season, a conclusion for all the fans up on the North Coast, up in Cleveland. That was my little commentary to get that off my chest. Victor, how about the National Football League? We are talking before the show, the streakers that you come across, teams that are on streaks right now, whether it's against the spread or over under totals. Right, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of times... It's more important what's happened over the last oh five six seven weeks rather than the complete season, so that gets us into our uh, NFL uh, streaking opportunities. The hottest streakers right now, of course, everybody knows New England six and zero straight up in ATS last seven games. Uh, the team down here in South Florida, Miami Dolphins, now four and zero straight up in ATS last four. Uh, even the Washington football team with that Monday night win, 3-0 straight up in ATS last three. If we're looking for ATS powerhouses, you can't ignore the Green Bay Packers with that huge win over the Rams. They are now 10-1 and ATS on the season. And other hot streakers, San Francisco 49ers, 4-1 and ATS last five. And despite the fact that they have not won a game this season, the Detroit Lions are still moneymakers. They've gone now 4-1 and ATS in their last five games. And then on the bad side of the streakers, uh, it's been after a great start, a rough month of play for the LA Rams. Now 0-5 ATS in their last five games. Chicago Bears 1-5 ATS. The Cleveland Browns, you just mentioned them, 1-4 ATS. We've got Seattle and Tennessee uh, 0-3 ATS in their last three. And then Carolina 2-7 ATS as well. And as long as we're talking about streaking, we may as well throw in the totals as well. Uh, In this season in which unders have hit across the board at 57%, there are still some decent over-streaking numbers, like the fact that the hot Indianapolis Colts 5-1 over-under in their last six games, and we'll have something to say about them a little later in the podcast. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals 4-1 over-under last five. In addition, the New Orleans Saints now, that's a perplexing one, considering their quarterback situation and their offensive injuries and their great defense, the fact that they've gone 4-1 and one over under in their last five games. And then, of course, the Patriots. During this tremendous run, New England's offensive numbers have gone through the roof now 6-2 and two ATS to the over in their last eight games. And then, finally, your streaking under teams, Seattle Seahawks. You want to talk about... Uh, a lethargic offense. You might have something to say about them, Mark. 0-8-1 over-under in their last nine games have not gone over the total since the second week of the season. Jacksonville Jaguars and New York Giants, these are two of our perennial favorite under teams in the total stiff sheet newsletter. And uh, it's uh, <laughs> they've been both gone 0-6 over-under in their last six almost free money when you play a Jacksonville or a Giant under these days. The Denver Broncos playing good defense and conservative offense 0-5 over under 
in their last five games. And then finally, the Detroit Lions, one and eight over under in their last nine. As a list of the streakers and as the National Football League turns as we enter into this particular weekend, and you mentioned the Seattle Seahawks, and I will say this, uh, I'm not surprised because uh, in our midweek alert, we list teams and how they perform in every statistical category. The one that I look to first and foremost is how teams perform in the stats. And breaking them down, you're taking a look at a Seattle Seahawks team this year that is the worst team in the National Football League in the stats. They've won only one game in the stats this year, one and 10 in the stats. And that one game was their first game of the season. They've lost the yards 10 straight football games in a row. It's a team right now that has the plague, and I don't think a person can touch them with a 10-foot pole until they get their act together. And I don't know if they'll get their act together. There's not enough time in the calendar year or the football season to make it worthy or uh, worthwhile, I should say, for them to do just that. So I'm going to put Seattle on my do-not-touch list from now to the end of the National Football League season unless they prove otherwise. Before we go to break here, a quick reminder, a quick rundown, I should say, of the teams involved in the current NFL playoff picture, how they stand heading into this particular weekend as far as seeding goes. The number one seeds this week are the Baltimore Ravens and the Arizona Cardinals. Number two seeds, the New England Patriots, the red-hot New England Patriots, and the Green Bay Packers, followed by number three, Tennessee and Tampa Bay. Checking in at number four is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys. Number five, Cincinnati and the L.A. Rams. The number six seeds, Buffalo and San Francisco. And the seventh and final seeds would be the L.A. Chargers and the Washington football team. The teams that are in the hunt still for a playoff position, number eight, Denver and Minnesota. Number nine, Las Vegas and Atlanta. Coming in at number 10, Indianapolis and New Orleans. Number 11, Cleveland and Philadelphia. And number 12, Pittsburgh and Carolina. Always good to know who those teams are as you head into the weekend before you make your plays this weekend. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear down our college football game of the week. We go inside a college conference championship game. We'll tear that game apart and a whole lot more when we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The Totals Tip Sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL Totals Guru, and enjoy the winners. You're listening to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the action. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on the college and pro football cards this weekend. And it's College Football Conference Championship Week, where our featured college football game of the week this week takes place in the Sunbelt Conference, where Louisiana Lafayette plays host to Appalachian State in a matchup of two hot football teams. Victor, how do you see UL Lafayette and Appalachian State shaking out this Saturday? Well, before I get into my um, OU handicapping, we got to talk about the fact that, uh, you know, Billy Napier is the Raging Cajun coach who will be coaching in this week's uh, championship game before making the move down here to Florida. The Gators announced him as their new head coach on Sunday, and we welcome him down to the Sunshine State. He brings an outstanding resume down here as well, and a lot of coaches could 
possibly learn from his patience. You know, a lot of the group of five coaches, they bolt as soon as they have the chance. And for many, it, it is the right move. But some who miss their window to move up never get another opportunity. But there are lessons coaches should take from what Napier just pulled off. We talked about him uh, with numerous uh, job openings uh, during the podcast earlier this year. And uh, he's had plenty of Power 5 opportunities, but he opted to remain at Louisiana where he believed he could keep winning at a high level. And sources said that he would be very, very strategic about his next move before the season. Rumors Virginia Tech and Arizona State. But as jobs begun to you know come open, uh, his name unsurprisingly surfaced. He was amongst the you know, top candidates at TCU, which just hired Sonny Day, uh, Dykes last week from SMU. And again, as I mentioned, Virginia Tech as well. And he basically worked the carousel to perfection. You know, what he did at Louisiana in the four years, 39 and 12 straight up, three appearances in the Sunbelt Championship game. He's going to be taking their Asian Cajuns to four different bowls. So again, uh, hats off. And this will be his swan song last game uh, against Appalachian State. I'm a little confused by the line. Maybe you might have a little more insight in it. The fact that Appalachian State is the team that's favored by three in this particular game, a game that's being played in Cajun country at Cajun Field in Lafayette, Louisiana at Saturday at 3.30 Eastern. If you ask me, that line should be the other way around. Again, a little bit confusing. Uh, this year's earlier meeting between the two teams, the over-under line was 57 and a half. Uh, the Raging Cajuns won on the road in Boone, North Carolina. They beat up Appalachian State 41-13. to The game ended up going uh, under by three or four points. Not surprising. It's been a low-scoring series between these two teams. Eight out of the last ten meetings under the total by, uh, let's see here, an average of 48.6. That's the combined points per game between these two when they play each other. And again, the over-under line in this game, we're showing a pretty rock-solid 53 uh, as we speak. Appalachian State, you know what you're getting there. You're getting one of the top two defenses in the Sunbelt Conference. In fact, these two teams are the top two defenses in the Sunbelt Conference. And the Mountaineers have really, really stepped it up as of late in their last four games They've allowed only 14, 7, 7, and 3 points. They held Geo Southern to only 200 total yards of offense in last week's 27-3 win. Uh, on the other side, as far as the Raging Cajuns go, Napier's influence on this team has been on defense. This was a defense that was giving up 40 points per game when he got here. But he's improved them to 34 points per game then 22 points per game, then 20 points per game to this year's number of only 18.5 points per game allowed in 2021. And in fact, in their last five games, the Raging Cajuns have allowed only 13 points per game. They're the number two under team in college football this season. That's the Raging Cajuns, 3-9 and nine over under. 49.8 average combined points per game, and the average game has gone under by a margin of minus 6.2 points per game, and even better at home. Raging Cajun home games, 1-5 and five over under the season, only 48.0 points per game. I think you can tell which way we're going. We're going low, two good defenses. Uh, the Raging Cajuns step it up in Billy Napier's last game, and we're playing under 53 points. Victor goes under in the Big App State Louisiana Lafayette Sunbelt Championship game. 
being played this Saturday at Cajun Field in this football contest. Appalachian State comes in on a six-game win streak. They're on a bit of a heater right now. They lost here at Lafayette at Cajun Field earlier this football season. They were walloped 41-13 to in their visit here. And what jumps out to me uh, in that particular football game is Louisiana Lafayette was an 11-point favorite in the contest. And some way, somehow, all Louisiana Lafayette has done is win every game since then, and yet they're dressing up as a home dog. It's a huge swing in the line between what it was and what it is, and the swing in the line is not anything to do with what Lafayette is not doing. It's all everybody jumping on the App State bandwagon at this particular time. If you look at turnovers uh, margins for these two teams here, App State comes in dead even zero at net turnovers, UL Lafayette plus 11 in net turnovers. They hold it. That's an average of nearly one net turnover a game to Louisiana Lafayette as they enter the contest on this 11-game win streak. Their only loss was two in their first game of the season at Texas, and they went on to roll up 11 wins in a row. Lafayette has held four opponents to season-low yards this year. They've been terrific as conference home underdogs, 13-8-1, including 6-1 and one against the team they beat in their most recent meeting. And Victor talked about Billy Napier, uh, this being his swan song for UL Lafayette. And believe me, Billy Napier has been, hardly re- has been very hard recruited in the last two football seasons. He could have taken other Power 5 jobs, but he was committed to this program at Lafayette and wanted to stay and see it through. He got an overwhelming offer that he couldn't turn down at Florida, but he's also opting to stay here and coach this team in this conference championship game. And believe me, the players aren't resentful at all. They love the guy, and I think they're going to play their hearts out for him. I'm going to take the points with Lafayette in this football game. Remember, this team is 11-1 and in the last 12 football games running. Put me down for Louisiana Lafayette for my side in this football contest. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear down our NFL game of the week, and we've got a beauty on tap. It's an interconference football game. We'll do that and a whole lot more when we're back with Mark Lawrence against the spread. All new Playbucks tokens are here. Earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this weekend's college and pro football card. And it's time for our featured National Football League game of the week. And we've got an interconference football matchup between the Washington football team traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders in a matchup of two football teams that right now have a lot of interest for positioning in the NFL football playoff picture. As we mentioned earlier, right now Vegas sits at the number nine playoff seed, while Washington is sitting firmly at the number seven playoff seed. So there's a lot on the line between these two football teams when they meet at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas this Sunday. Victor, how do you see it all shaking out between Washington and Vegas? A fun non-conference game between a uh, NFC and AFC opponent. The over-under line opened at 48. It is 49.5. It's gone up a full point and a half, and that's the current line as we record the podcast here on Wednesday afternoon. 
Both of these teams pretty much middle of the road when it comes to their over-under results. Washington 5-6 and six over-under on the season. They're at 20.8 points per game offense, 25.6 defense. Overall, 46.4 combined points per game in Washington games this season. The Raiders, on the other hand, flipped that over. They're 6-5 and over-under. On the season, 23.5 on offense, 26.8 on defense, 50.3 average combined points overall in all Raider games. They've gone 4-2 and over-under at home, 2-3 and over-under away. Now, Washington, we all know, was a top-five defense last year, and that's both in scoring and overall defense. And for the first half of this year, they basically – fell right off the map, and at one point were one of the worst four defenses in the NFL. With that said, they're starting to flex a little bit of muscle as of late on defense. I've picked up on it. They've allowed only 18 points per game in their last four games, only 350 yards per game allowed. And I'm going to take that as a cue as we recommend the under in this particular game particularly if you can find a line of 49.5 or higher. Again, hats off to Washington. Not one, not two, but three straight underdog wins in a row. And for me, that signals automatic under. In the last six years, NFL teams off three or more underdog wins in a row have gone a perfect 0-8 over under. When the line is 43 or greater points, that applies to Washington in this game. Of course, they're also playing with reduced rest. They played in that Monday night game. What was that, 17-15 final score against Seattle? But with that said, road dogs of less than six points after a Monday night home game have gone 1-8-1 and over-under in the last three years. This is, like I mentioned, one of those non-conference games. And already this season, AFC favorites against any NFC opponent have gone 8-23-1 over-under. The results improved to four and seventeen when the line is less than forty. Excuse me, greater than forty-seven points. So that's a hot pattern in non-conference games, which have been very low scoring this season. Not only is Washington off a dog win, but so are the Raiders, who won in that uh, very exciting, thrilling uh, Turkey Day afternoon game against the Dallas Cowboys, thirty-six to thirty-three. So I've got a 1-10 over-under since 2014 from the database. All NFL games, when both teams are off a dog win, when the over-under line is 41 or more points. Again, 1-10 over-under. Now, I'm concerned about the Las Vegas defense like the next guy. They've allowed a lot of points in their last few games. In fact, in their last three, they've allowed 33, 32, and 41 points. Wow. However, with that said, I went into the database and queried it. Non-division teams who allowed 30 or more points in each of their last three games have gone 2-15 and 15 over under in the last three years when the over-under line is less than 52 points. So the database is telling us don't be concerned with that poor defensive play. Just stay with the under. Uh, the fact that they were off a Thursday game as well applies to a nice little pattern that I mentioned in this week's Totals Tip Sheet newsletter. 3-16 and 16 over under in the last five years. Any NFL favorite off a Thursday non-division road game. That applies to the Raiders in this particular game. So with that said, I'm fading the line move. I'm going to wait till the line gets as high as it possibly can. We'll shoot for 49.5 or higher as we go under the total. 
when Washington takes on Las Vegas on Sunday afternoon. The football team and the Raiders to go under the total from Victor King for his side in that football game. Talking about a matchup of two teams, uh, this is not your marquee football game. When we do NFL football games of the week, we usually try and target out teams that will be possibly in primetime play. This game is not going to be a primetime football game, but it's going to be a very interesting competitive football game nonetheless. Washington brings the league's 30th ranked pass defense into this football game, and that's not what you want to bring into a Derek Carr situation, especially at home for Derek Carr, where he tends to light things up in Las Vegas much more so than on the road. You're also talking about a Washington football team that's in a role of 2-9 and nine against the spread as dogs coming off a Monday night football game is the Washington football team. Las Vegas, as I mentioned, is back in the playoff Picture the number nine seed coming into this game. They're in a three-way tie. Three teams tied for second place in the AFC West behind Kansas City, all one game back. The AFC is a wild, wild west this football season. Anything can happen in the AFC West. Vegas also happens to be 5-1 and one to the spread at home when they're playing off back-to-back previous home losses, and that's what they're coming in here. They've dropped their two previous home games. They'll be in that 5-1 and one role when they host Washington on Sunday. I'm going to get to the Vegas side of this football game, largely because of the scheduling dynamics in the game. Yes, we do have Vegas coming in off a Thursday game, and we do have Washington coming off a Monday game. Now, most people will talk about that and say there's a big advantage to the teams that have Thursday games, but really, in truth, in our database, that's not so. It's just a 50-50 proposition. But when these teams coming off a Thursday football game won the game straight up as an underdog, as did Washington, and they're taking on, or I should say, as did the Raiders win that game straight up as an underdog, and they're taking on a team coming off a Monday night game like Washington— those teams, since 1990, there have been six of them. These teams have gone 5-1 and one straight up and 6-0 and oh against the spread in this particular role. So that's where this added rest works out in situations just like the role that the Vegas Raiders will be in on Sunday. And with that, I'll lay the points with Vegas in a win situation for my side in this football game. With that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas for one of our favorite segments here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread as we visit with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, I'm sure that uh, most of the turkey leftovers are probably gone right now as I'm speaking to you, but all in all, I hope your Thanksgiving was a very, very happy one. Well, Mark, other than the turkeys that I wagered upon this weekend, the meal itself and the leftovers for the following few nights were fantastic. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, as I say, uh, the results did not go exactly the way that I had hoped that they would, that I thought they would. But that's sort of been the trademark of this season, especially in the NFL, more so than in the college. We've had a lot of very unusual, if not unprecedented, series of uh, results where there's really no form. And if you take a look at the standings, you know, you really don't have that many teams that this deep into the season have only two or three losses. Uh, there's a great bunch of teams with five or six losses, which make, makes them basically mediocre at best playoff teams. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about that earlier on, and uh, as we come down the stretch in the National Football League season, the one thing that intrigues me is the AFC West, where you've got the Kansas City Chiefs one leg up on three teams, three teams tied for second place in the AFC West. So it looks like it's going to be a wild finish in the AFC West, but I'm sure that won't be the only division in the National Football League 
or we find some wild finishes. And suddenly, Andy, I'm beginning to like the theory and the thought of 17 games on the schedule, and it's probably a selfish reason because it means one more week for us to enjoy football in the National Football League this season. Yeah, I actually did not like the addition of the 17th game simply because it upsets the symmetry that we've gotten used to for nearly uh, 40 years with the four quarters in the season of four games each, the balanced schedule, etc. But from a standpoint of more action, more excitement and drama down the stretch, you're absolutely correct. You mentioned the AFC West. Well, I think you've got a similar situation in the AFC North with those four teams. Of course, in some of the other divisions, like with the East and the uh, south in the in the AFC, you've got teams like the Jets and teams like the Jaguars who are holding down uh, the you know the, the end part of those divisions. And it's somewhat a similar situation in the uh, in the in the NFC West, where surprisingly uh, that was going to be a very competitive division. But Seattle three and eight right now, you know, if they're going to end up uh, uh, keeping the record of nearly ten years of finishing above five hundred, they're going to have to run the string under Pete Carroll. Last time they were under five hundred, I think they went seven and nine in twenty eleven. But the other division. You've got Detroit holding things down. Uh, in the in the East, you have the Giants pretty much uh, holding things down. And uh, in the uh, in the South, uh, Atlanta not doing as well as expected. But there's a, the AFC North, AFC West are the two divisions right now where you can where one week's results could have a team go from last to first. Yeah, it looks like I say a wild, wild finish in the National Football League this season, and I'm anticipating also a wild, wild finish in the major contests that are in Las Vegas. Andy does a great job bringing us up to speed on those contests. And Andy, if you would, uh, an update from the Westgate and the Circa contest and where people stand going into this weekend. A short thing, Mark. Let's start first with the uh, Westgate contest, the Super Contest Classic, and the Super Contest Gold. Entering uh, into uh, last weekend, the consensus plays in the Super Contest Classic Classic were a very mediocre 27-27-1. And And, uh, the board got swept last week. The top five, in fact, not just the top five, the top six consensus selections in the Super Contest Classic all failed to cover the spread. They all lost, led by Pittsburgh, followed closely by the Rams, Indianapolis Colts, L.A. Chargers, and the Minnesota Vikings. So that 0-5 drops the consensus down now to 27-32, one push. That's barely a shade under 46% for the season. Results not all that much better in the Super Contest goal. That's the $5,000 winner-take-all entry fee contest. 87 contestants this year going into last week. That consensus was 30 26 and two. It adds up to more than 60 selections because there had been several ties for uh, the fifth most popular selection over the uh, first 12 weeks of the contest. Last week, the consensus in the Super Contest Gold, and it was a, a different makeup to a, to a great extent uh, than the Super Contest Classic. Two and three with the winners on New England and the Tampa Bay Bucks with their win over Tampa, uh, over Indianapolis. The losers last week, Pittsburgh, uh, the Rams, and the Cleveland Browns on a Monday night. So the two and three record brings the Super Contest gold record. 32 up, 29 down, and two pushes. When you factor in a half win and a half loss for the ties and the fact that there are thus 63 selections, uh, it's basically. Uh, basically breaking even. Uh, looking at the standings, uh, things are uh, had been tightening up a little bit. We're starting to see a little bit of separation, a little thin, thinning out of the uh, entire contest. Let's start with the uh, Super Contest Gold. The leader has a record of 40 
18 and 2, 41 of a possible 60 points. That's 68.3%. One more contestant to game and a half back with 38 and a half points. One further back, a half point at 38. And then there's a two gap, two game gap to one contestant at 36. Now, 36 out of 60 uh, selections is exactly 60%. So just four contestants in the field of 87 are managing to hit 60% or better this season. Uh, going back a little bit, and by the way, uh, that 36 is the, the, the those four at 36 or better are the only four within five points of the lead. There are three at 35 and a half, four at 35, and then it it drops uh, similarly as you go down. But over in the Super Contest Classic, it's a little bit tighter as far as the top contenders are concerned. There's one leader at 40, 18, and two. That's 41 out of 60 points total or percentage similar to the leader in the uh, gold contest, 68.3%. That's good enough for a one-game lead over two contestants at 40, three more at 39 and a half, eight more at 39, and then it goes down by a half point till we get to 27 at 36, which is 60%. 103 of the contestants are at 36 points or 60% or better. That's the uh, standings in the... Uh, Super Contest consent, uh, Super Contest Classic, and Super Contest Gold. Looking now at the Circa Contest, the Survivor, and the Circa Million. Let's start with the Survivor. That's the interesting contest. 4,080 entrants at $1,000 each, all competing for a $6 million guaranteed prize fund. So uh, and that's a winner-take-all. So basically a $2 million overlay for those 4,080 contestants. I recall I mentioned, I've been mentioning throughout the season that the three games on Thanksgiving constituted a separate week. So contestants had to make selections uh, that were still alive on one of the six teams that were in action. There were 134 contestants alive going into Thanksgiving Thursday. 80 of them were eliminated with their play on Dallas. Also, 14 were eliminated with their play on Detroit uh, to win the game straight up against Chicago. The contestants that advanced, 21, won with the Bears, 15, won with Buffalo, and four had picked the Las Vegas Raiders to upset the Cowboys. So that had 40 of the 134 contestants advanced to the second part of Thanksgiving week, which was Sunday and Monday. Of those 40 selectors, 28 advanced. Uh, the two that failed, or, or the, the 12 that failed, rather, six were eliminated with the Philadelphia Eagles losing at the Giants, two eliminated with Carolina's loss at Miami, two eliminated with Seattle's loss Monday night at Washington, and one each eliminated with the Chargers losing at Denver and Houston Houston losing at home to the New York Jets. So of the 4,080 contestants who originally entered the contest, only 28 rem- remain with six contest weeks, uh, excuse me, seven contest weeks remaining because Christmas is a separate week to yet. Uh, game on Thursday night on December 23rd, and the two games on Christmas Day constitute a separate week, uh, separate and apart from the games on that Sunday and Monday. And to put everything in into its proper contest, context, last year, with the uh, you had 18 weeks, you had the 17 regular season weeks and the Thanksgiving Day counting as one week. Uh, despite all that, 36 contestants advanced to the final week of the contest, 35 of them had a correct winning selection. So the field has thinned considerably, largely due this past week to uh, Dallas's upset loss, but also due in the previous few weeks with this topsy-turvy in uh, NFL season 
with a lot of big favorites uh, going down in situations in which they figured to do well. Turning now to the uh, Circa Million Contest, that's the contest that's patterned after the uh, Super Contest at the Westgate, five selections a week, $1,000 entry fee. Uh, we have uh, uh, one leader, well, I'll, I'll get to the consensus after this. Uh, we have one leader at 43 and 17, that's 43 of a possible 60 points, that's 71.7%. There are three more at 41 and a half, that's a game and a half behind the leader, 10 at 41, 6 at 40 and a half, 18 at 40, and 29, or excuse me, 20 at 39 and a half. So that's uh, uh, 58 in the top 50 and ties, which is what pays. Then you go down to the number at 38, uh, which is 63.3%. Uh, 164 contestants, that one, that, those with 38 points are within five points of the leader at 43. 164 contestants are within five points of the lead entering this coming week. Turning to the consensus, the consensus was 33 and 23 prior to last week. Again, one week there was a tie for the fifth most popular selection. The consensus went just one and four this past week. The one winner was the Patriots laying the points against Tennessee. The losers were the uh, number one selection, the Steelers losing uh, by a big margin uh, to Cincinnati. It, the uh, number two selection, the Rams, also a loser in a pick'em game at Green Bay. The third most popular selection, the Colts, losing as a short underdog at home to Tampa. The Patriots were the winner at the number four selection, and the Philly Eagles, the number five selection uh, that lost at the Giants. So one and four for the week. That's a, a consensus result for the year of 34 and 27. That's still a decent 55.7%. And we had the third quarter, the third week of the uh, third quarterly prize. One leader at 14 and one. Uh, there are 14 at 13 and two and 53 at 12 and three entering into the uh, final week of the third quarter. Andy Isco with an update of what's going on in the major contests in Las Vegas, especially the Survivor Contest, which is getting awfully tight with just 28 contestants remaining shooting for that big, big prize. Andy, if you would, uh, I know our listeners would love to know what the advanced lines were coming from Jay Cornegay in the Westgate for next week's National Football League lines. If you would share those with our listeners, I'm sure they'd be pleased. Certainly, Mark. Now, remember, these lines came out this past Tuesday, uh, which was right after the uh, Seattle-Washington Monday night game, but of course before any games are played in uh, week 13. So these are the week 14 lines consisting of Sunday, December 12th and Monday, December 13th. On Sunday the 12th, Kansas City, a 10-point home favorite over the Las Vegas Raiders with a total of 52.5. The New Orleans Saints favored by 6.5 on the road at the New York Jets with a total of 43.5. Cincinnati favored at home by 2.5 over the San Francisco 49ers with a total of 47. Tennessee, a 9.5-point home favorite over Jacksonville with a total of 46. Baltimore favored by one on the road at Cleveland with a total of 45. This is, by the way, a quick rematch and, in fact, will be the only team that Cleveland will have faced in the uh, three-week period because they went from playing at Baltimore to having their bye this coming week to playing at home against Baltimore uh, next week. Again, Baltimore, a one-point road favorite, total 45. Carolina at home favored by 2.5 over the Atlanta Falcons with a total of 45.5. Dallas at Washington, Cowboys, 5 Point road favorites total of 49. Seattle at Houston. Seahawks favored on the road by six and a half with a total 
of 44.5. Detroit at Denver, the hometown Broncos, 8.5 point home favorites with a total of 43.5. The Giants will be out west to play at the L.A. Chargers, where the Chargers are favored by 7.5 and a total of 46. Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Buccaneers at home favored by three and a half with a total of 53 and an NFC North matchup for the Sunday night game next week. Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay favored at home by 11, total of 45 and a half. And with the L.A. Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Rams seeking to avenge an earlier home loss to Arizona. But Arizona at home, a two and a half point home favorite with a total of 52 and a half. Andy Isco with the advanced lines out of Las Vegas for next week's National Football League games. And Andy, speaking about games, I know our listeners would love to know what you've got on tap for your complimentary play on the show this week. Okay, Mark, I'm going to try and bounce back from last week, and I'm going to look at what's been a long-standing traditional rivalry ever since the uh, uh, the NFL AFL merger, uh, when both uh, uh, well the, well when. Baltimore, the the Baltimore Colts at that point went over to the AFC along with the uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and of course Baltimore uh, reincarnated after the Cleveland Browns moved from Cleveland to Baltimore. Uh, neither Baltimore nor Pittsburgh is playing its best football right now, but at least the Ravens have been winning. Uh, since losing at Miami, Baltimore's defeated Chicago by three and Cleveland by six in uh, less than awe-inspiring uh, efforts uh, for the. Uh, uh, for the Ravens, but at the same time, you look at the Steelers, and the Steelers had won four straight prior to that tie against Detroit, followed up by losses to the Chargers and Bengals. At 5-5-1, five, five, and one, Pittsburgh's in the greater need of a win, as the teams will meet again in Baltimore in the season's final week. Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh quarterback, still a capable veteran quarterback. The defense, embarrassed in its last two games, should be uh, primed for a much better effort back home against this familiar foe. Uh, Ravens quarterback uh, Lamar Jackson is off that ugly four-interception game last uh, last Monday night. Uh, versus the Browns, even though uh, the Brown, the uh, Ravens rather managed to hold on and win. Uh, and they face next week, as I mentioned before, uh, the rematch. And Lamar Jackson looking forward to that challenge as far as uh, erasing the memories of last Monday night. Although neither defense has played at the level of the past few seasons, the decline this season in Baltimore's numbers uh, is much more alarming than the last two weeks' performance of Pittsburgh. I'm going to call for Pittsburgh to get the outright upset. So taking the 4-4 four, four that's presently available, uh, especially with them coming off of that ugly loss last week to division rival Cincinnati, is is an attractive option. That's also the way I'll go. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to put the final wraps on this show. We'll share with you our complimentary plays, my awesome angle of the week, and more when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach football newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. 
Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best. His awesome, awesome angle of the week. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week. And it goes this week in the college football conference championship games. And we call it revenge served cold. And what we're looking to do is to play against any team in its conference championship game that has same season revenge if they're facing a 9-16 or greater opponent that's coming off back-to-back wins. These teams struggle with same-season revenge against these high-quality football teams that are on a roll in this role. In fact, since 2000, they've gone 0-15 straight up and just 3-12 against the spread. By playing against these guys, it's an 80% winning proposition this week we'll be playing against two teams in our Revenge Serve Cold Awesome Angle. We'll play against Appalachian State, and we'll play against the Baylor, Baylor Bears for our Awesome Angle plays on this week's football show. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this weekend. And Victor, if you would share your complimentary play with our listeners as well. Sure can, Mark. We've got, uh, first off, in college football, we've got an over-under selection in one of the two Friday championship games, and that's up at the playbooksports.com website. We're going to have a totals triple play on Saturday in college football, our normal NFL schedule as well, not to mention the fact that you're going to want to grab a copy of this week's playbook newsletter, the midweek alert newsletter, the totals tip sheet newsletter, and we'll be working this weekend on the bowl stat report. You know, we didn't do one last year, Mark, a bowl stat report. We actually did a uh, a condensed one in which we put it into two consecutive issues of the midweek alert newsletter. So I'm really, really looking forward to getting back to doing the uh, bowl stat report again for the 2021 season, definitely. Now, for our free play this week... Well, you know, we went under with the uh, Raging Cajuns and the Mountaineers game, and we went under with the Washington and the Las Vegas Raiders game. We've got three under selections in this week's totals tip sheet newsletter as well. We've got to throw out something for the overbetters, right? So we're going to give the ball back to our boy Tuco and let him run with it this week. We love uh, giving him the balls, particularly when he is off a win like he was last week. He told you to go low with the Jacksonville Jaguars under 22.5 points. They scored only 14 in that uh, ugly loss against the Atlanta Falcons this week. Tuco is switching gears, and he's heading down to the low star state, and he's going over the total for the Indianapolis Colts to go over their team total of 27.5 points. It might even be up to 28 right now. Either way, Tuco's playing for the Colts to go over their individual team total Uh, again i mentioned at the top of the show how they were a hot over team this offense has been remarkably consistent as of late Uh, they're at 28.3 points per game on the season however with that said they have scored 30 or more points in six of their last seven games the hot cold offense average of 33.1 they lead the league in rushing this year Number one with an average of 5.2 yards per attempt. 
So far this season, NFL road favorites who rush for 140 or more yards, like the Colts are projected to do against Houston, have averaged 30.5 points per game. And NFL road favorites who currently average 5.2 or more yards per rush have averaged 32.0 points per game in the last two years. It sets up well for the Colts to get to 30 or more points uh, fairly easily. In this particular division, AFC South division road favorites have averaged 31.2 points per game in the last two years. And finally, the clincher, you know, as underdogs of greater than four points like they are this particular week, the pitiful Houston Texans have allowed an average of 33.2 points per game. So there you have it. Our boy Tuco is playing the Colts over their individual team total of 27.5 points. And don't forget the playbook newsletters this week. And again, Mark, the bowl stat report, and you may have a little update on when that will be available. I sure do, Victor. Our college football bowl stat report, like you mentioned, we did not publish it last year due to COVID concerns. We were really concerned about the pairings in the bowl games and which ones would play and which ones would not play. But we'll be, we'll be back to our norm this year with our college football bowl stat report. You can look for it online in our uh, playbook.com store. But uh, right now, we're projecting December 15th for the College Football Bowl stat report to be available. That will be the Wednesday before the College Football Bowl games kick off this year. Just a quick note that our friends at mybookie.ag are once again offering our listeners a double first deposit bonus. All you need to do to get a double first deposit bonus at mybookie is simply log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code PLAYBOOK, and you'll be in line to get your double first deposit bonus at mybookie.ag. And also just a quick note before I get to my complimentary call that I'll be featuring a $79 weekend of winners this weekend. Included will be my top-rated college football conference championship play of the year. We've gone documented 7-1 all-time on this particular play. It's part of a $79 football weekend of winners available at playbooksports.com. Or you can call our office toll-free to get on board for fast, friendly customer service at 1-800-321-7777. With that, my complimentary call on the college football card this weekend. We'll keep it in the theme of the conference championship games, and we'll grab up the points with the Iowa Hawkeyes against Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. For openers, I'm going to find it extremely difficult to Michigan to get themselves back up to the level this week that they were at last week against Ohio State. It's almost humanly impossible to do just that. You've got inside this conference uh, playoffs inside the Big Ten. Since their inception, the favorites have gone 2-8 and eight against the spread. It's been all dog in the Big Ten conference championship games. And looking inside at the series between these two teams, Michigan has covered the spread in only eight of their 24 times. They've been favored the last 24 times in the series. You're bringing Kirk Ferentz, the legendary head coach of Iowa, in here in a classic role. Kirk Ferentz in his last 21 games as a double-digit dog has gone 15-6 and six against the spread. He's also 5-0 and oh as a dog of more than seven points when his team owns a win percentage of more than 750. I like Iowa plus the points to take Michigan right down to the wire in the Big Ten Conference Championship game. That's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from Las Vegas and the Logical Approach for joining us, 
This is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.